Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy. Suggs and the Zags were never a threat. Scott Drew coaches Baylor to their first ever national championship game. And the championship is theirs. His father, Homer, and brother Bryce there to celebrate as well. And the Baylor campus goes wild. (laughs) Good to see people happy and smiling. 86-70 is your final. Gibbs. I'm glad we finally turned this into a sports podcast. Well, I I think we had to mark the occasion. I'm also, it's an, you'll see it has an elegant segue attached to it, but I was transfixed this weekend by, uh, Susan was away. So, uh, my dog and I took in a lot of sports. Are you like me and you're still, I, I, my heart is still a little elevated from the Gonzaga UCLA game. Yeah, that was a great game. Just remarkable games. One of the greatest games of all time. But this this Baylor thing's important. And to mark the occasion, we brought in a genuine Texan, uh, former Congressman Will Hurd. Uh, I know it's the wrong school, Will, but at least it's the right state, right? I mean, you must be happy about that. Amen to that. Anytime anytime a Texas team somewhere, you know, Texans are going to pull for them. And my nephew plays football for for Baylor, and he 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 might be the starting quarterback for Baylor. So so I, I while I'm a fighting Texas Aggie, um, I I've been following the Baylor Bears a little bit more uh, in uh, over the last few last. Well, welcome, years. and you know Gibbs is a former big time uh, college sports guy. He at well, North Carolina State. A soccer player. Uh, they don't even. They don't even know. They actually have that. I was going to leave vague the sport. Yeah, vague would be good. Would be good. <laughs> but uh, but it is appropriate to start with this because very very clearly, uh, Joe Biden, his attitude right now is go big or go home. Right. He is really. Um, he is very much going for it. Uh, he unveiled this. Uh, uh, this infrastructure plan they're not out there trying to sell. In a few weeks, there'll be a second chapter. Uh, and stuff is starting to happen. Uh, resistance is building on the Republican side. Uh, and uh, and uh, just yesterday, Chuck Schumer announced that he got a ruling from the Senate parliamentarian that will allow them to pass this infrastructure bill with a simple majority, uh, uh, extending this reconciliation that a bill that uh, that they passed earlier uh, for the COVID relief. What is it? I just want your guys quick cut on sort of where we're at and what his likelihood of success is here. Either one of you guys. I was, was going to start with Heard because he's a yeah, recent, recent refugee from Congress. <laughs> Look, so so with, with any of these things, if you're going to use the arcane budget tool reconciliation and getting a second bite of the apple uh, because the, the parliamentarian, the Senate parliamentarian said you could, there are certain restrictions around reconciliation. So certain things are not going to be able to be put in. Um, you know, progressives were upset in the last COVID bill because the minimum wage hike wasn't allowed to be included. And this was because of, of things that you can or can't use in reconciliation. So some of this bill may have to change if you're using reconciliation. But even before, you still got to get the 51 votes. 
And we know Senator Manchin, uh, Mark Warner, has expressed some some concern with having 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 not been uh, consulted. And so the 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 final the the final uh, pay force for this um, may create some friction for someone like a Kristen Cinema um, or or even her her fellow. Um, Arizona, Arizonian um, um, senator as well. So, so you still have some issues there. Also, the, my concern is if you do this with reconciliation, two years from now you have a Republican Congress, right? Are, are we are we are we going back and forth in this whiplash? And will some of the pro- the programs that will be put in here will they be continued? So, um, I think Joe Biden, if he went around Speaker Pelosi. And, and Chuck Schumer, and actually engage with some of the the Republicans that want to work with them. And guess what? It's not you know Republican leadership also doesn't want to engage with them. So you got to go to some of the rank and file in the House and Senate. You might be able to pick up a few votes um, if you if, need if Joe Biden was in. Ten is a lot. Uh, so in the Senate, it is yes for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think. Look, I I think the size of the package to to the Congressman point guarantees this is a reconciliation bill. Right. This is this is. This I, this race to sixty kind of frankly is never going to start because it's just a race to fifty. And as you know, as as you also mentioned, the Senate Majority Leader um, uh, Senator Manchin from from West Virginia is the <laughs> the new Senate Majority Leader because wherever he stands, the that's the majority. And I think uh, so. I, I think this is a piece of legislation. And my hunch is that the Biden administration believes this too. They have a size in mind and they have a, a scope in mind of where this is going to go. They're going to leave a lot of the writing and the details to Capitol Hill to fill in what comes under this bucket, what comes under that bucket. Um, but I, I think, you know, this is going to be what you can get through the Democratic um, coalition here. What are you going to get through Senator Manchin? What are you going to get through Kristen Cinema? What are you going to get through others? That's really going to be the race here, and that will determine how much we're going to get. I mean, over the weekend, you heard, um, I think Senator Blunt say, "Well, we shouldn't do more than six hundred billion or something." I mean, I, I just don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think that. I don't think Biden's in a bargaining mind. And I will say too, we all got everyone got happy on Friday about the employment report. We added nine hundred sixteen or nine hundred sixty thousand jobs. Just to be clear for everybody listening out there. Um, we need to do that every month for the next 13 months to get us back to where we were before yeah. COVID hit. So yeah. the idea that let's all get happy, the stock market goes crazy yesterday, but we that's like step one of, of 13 or 14 to go there. So, you know, everybody focuses on uh, what Biden can do to get Republicans, but you're right. He's made the decision. It feels like like he's going the reconciliation route. So the question is, what does he need to do to get Democrats? And you've got three. You know, you got a margin. You can lose three in the House. It's different than when you were there, Will. Uh, you could lose three in the House, and that's it. And you've got three. Uh, you know, Northeast uh, Democrats saying we want to take the cap off of the deduction for property taxes uh, that uh, that that Trump. Trump put it in his tax bill, and you've got others uh, from the left pushing in a different direction, and so on. And then you got Manchin, who said yesterday, "I'm not going to take the corporate tax up to 28 uh, percent." So, yeah, they got. I mean, the 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 thing they're going to have to do is negotiate 
uh, within their own tribe uh, as to how to get this. But I think Biden's made a calculation, and that is it, it, you know, it's not how the sausage is made. It's what the sausage tastes like once it comes out the other side. And there's a lot of stuff. You know, you saw this dam or this reservoir leaking in Florida. If anybody needs any evidence as to why we need, uh, you know, Will, you, you lived through the thing in Texas and the inadequacy of the electric grid. If he delivers on that stuff, it seems to me that the, he's, the people aren't going to grade him down for style points. Uh, they're going to grade him up for, hey, uh, Get I, I, done. I, he got shit done, and that's, that's what he's gambling. Yeah, and and, and let's step back and say what what this isn't this isn't a, a philosophical exercise. This is repairing bridges, roads, locks, and dams, having the digital infrastructure that we need. And and it's not just about repairing stuff; it's about being prepared for the future. And and you know this 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 too much accent. And, I, and I, you've heard me talk about this. There is a global competition with the with the chinese government and whoever has the best infrastructure why were all the companies that were built on you know why were amazon and facebook and all these companies built here in the united states we had the best 4g infrastructure right why were some of the best phones handsets um, built in in asia and europe because they had the best 3g infrastructure and so we need to make sure that when we talk about infrastructure that it's more than just bridges roads locks and dams uh, but it's also this digital infrastructure that is going to take us into this this next century and so sometimes we get focused on the political machinations of whether something <laughs> sometimes, is going all to get the time. Hey, is this it, is hacks on tap man we're, we're always yeah. into the political machinations <laughs> right. but 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 when, when you frame it in that it changes and and again, I think, um, you know, uh, President Biden on the, the COVID package, um, a majority of the country so, supported that. And so, you know, there, there's, he, he's playing for, for longevity. He wants to go in, in the history books. Um, and, and this is about, as you say, how many Democrats um, can he, what, what does he need to put in there to lose the least amount of Democrats? Robert, uh, you know, before, uh, uh, you comment on that. You know, George uh, Stephanopoulos questioned um, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, on, on just this point that that Will was making this weekend, because there are a lot of Republicans who are saying, you know, infrastructure is roads and bridges, and we ought to limit this thing to to that. Uh, and uh, George asked him about that. Let's let's listen to that. Only about 5% of this bill goes for traditional roads and bridges. You've got 20% caregiving for the elderly, about 13% for investments in, in like the Green New Deal. So why not focus on that traditional core infrastructure? Well, let's be clear. There's a lot more than uh, roads and bridges uh, that are part of infrastructure. Uh, I, I heard the, the governor of South Dakota recently saying, this is an infrastructure. It's got money for pipes. Well, we believe that pipes are infrastructure because you need water to live. And too many families now live with the threat of lead poisoning. That's absolutely infrastructure. Uh, you know, you talk about roads and bridges, but also airports and ports. We need to make sure that we have broadband. I know that traditionally the internet uh, wasn't considered infrastructure because in the Eisenhower years, of course, it didn't exist. But infrastructure investment has to include looking to the future. So he's all over your point, Will. Uh, he's, he, he's, it's all about building the foundation for the future. And Robert, is that a winning argument? 
I think it definitely is. I mean, look, we were all uh, he's we were good, all by fascinated. the way. Buttigieg, Buttigieg is a good messenger. He definitely is. I mean, look, we were all fascinated a week to 10 days ago about a, a boat larger than the Empire State Building stuck sideways in the Suez Canal and what it meant for shipments and the global supply chain. Uh, now, obviously, this bill isn't to, to help the Suez Canal, but it's hard to argue in a modern world that ports aren't part of infrastructure. It's hard to argue that our airports and air cargo that has to go to and from the rest of the world isn't part of that or drinking water pipes or a whole lot of stuff. I mean, I think it, it is very um, 1950s to say this is about interstates or, um, you know, bridges that connect states. I, I just think that's I think that's a little uh, it's backward. And and to the congressman's point, it's it, infrastructure is going to be more than just it's going to be even more than just the traditional public works projects right now. You know, we've got kids that can't get on broadband, right? They're in the parking lots of restaurants trying to get broadband to go to school, right? We're going to need to invest in that because if a country is going to lead the world in, in the, in the types of, um, of technology opportunities that we can provide, then we've got to make sure that the youngest and, yeah. and quite frankly, the least fortunate have yeah. access to it. To your point earlier on the the Democratic stuff, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. There are going to be a lot of people who are going to grab four or five, to your point on the math, four or five of their colleagues and say, the five of us aren't voting for this unless we get this. And, and the real question is whether or not they – can withstand that pressure, right? Joe Manchin, as we talked about, lives in West Virginia, right? A state that gave um, Joe Biden the robust 29.7% uh, of their vote. He, 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 can, he, he, can, he can withstand the pressure of Democrats pushing back on him. I think if, if a bunch of Democratic congressmen from the Northeast say, well, we're not voting for all this stuff we've always wanted because of the state and local tax cap, I think that's going to melt like a uh, a snowman in July. I mean, the question is whether this thing is just too big to fail. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's too much in here. Could be. For, uh, for Democrats ultimately not to vote for it. I mean, the biggest thing, the, the bigger question is going to come in the next round, which is going to be all social safety net stuff. And, you know, you saw a lot of flack in here about home and community health care, though I think that's a big concern for uh, for people as parents are aging, uh, but it, you know there was some question as to why uh, that was in here, and and I think they separated this out for for a reason. They wanted the more traditional kinds of yeah. infrastructure investments to be to lead the story. They want to they want to you know uh, they want to impress people on on just what we've been talking about here. When we get to the next round. Here's where you kind of hit the kind of rubber, the rubber hits the road in the kind of divides we have in this country because you get into focus groups with, uh, with, you know, re Republicans who, uh, in, in, in Texas and elsewhere will. And they say, well, that, you know, that's a lot of money. We're spending a lot of money and I'm paying to, to help someone else. And that someone else in their mind are poor people. Black people, Hispanic people, urban people, uh, and not and not them. I mean, it 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 that that's largely not true, but that is 
a very, very strong narrative uh, among Republicans and Democrats who want to tax them uh, to uh, to help others. So, so I, I would say, look, you, you, you've done more uh, polling sessions than, than I have, but but I, I would say when the, the the Republican voters that I've talked to, um, they you know they're they're concerned. Yes, they don't want to be taxed for something that they're not going to benefit from, right? And and whether they think it's because it's helping somebody else or not, um, I don't know if if I can agree with you on that on on everyone. Are there some people that no, probably no, believe no, that I'm way? Not, I'm not saying yeah, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there are, um, but but the the if people's four hundred one ks are looking good, right? You know, we've pumped all. You know, how many trillion in the economy since uh, coronavirus, and we're seeing the stock market do gangbusters. We're seeing um, the 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 uh, employment rebound, and we got a, we got a long way to go, right? But a six percent unemployment is is a far cry from what we were at up almost fourteen, at twenty, yeah, yeah fourteen. So, so you know, we're we're seeing those things. So, if if we're seeing some of those those issues, it's it's going to. I think people are going to be okay with this. However, when it comes back to the vote counting, I'm not too, as worried about the the Northeast moderates. If the progressives don't get something in this package. They're the ones that are more likely to burn the place down um, over this rather than than the moderates. And I think that's why the you know uh, President Biden's chief of staff has met with the moderates, uh, met with the progressives many more times than he has with with the moderates, because I think they recognize that the folks that are going to blow this up uh, would would potentially yeah. be would be the, the, the progressives. You know, I know that that, that is a narrative but uh, that, that you hear out there. Again, there is so much in here that progressives want. It may not be everything that they want, but there's so much in here that they want that I think gives it's too big to fail. I don't think they're going to blow this thing up. I don't think so either. I think they've tried to move the goalpost a bit, I think, in order to – I think they come from the theory that if you start at four trillion, you might end up at two trillion. So if you start at two and a half trillion, you may end up at one and a quarter trillion. And so they get a little nervous on that. Look, let's look at the tax provisions because we've talked about this from Mansion. You brought that up. I mean, to, to me, this is a lot of what progressives and many Democrats want to see in terms of right sizing their belief, I think rightly so, in so, in something around corporate taxes. But let's be clear, an infrastructure project or, or, or program doesn't need to be fully paid for. Uh, there, there aren't many economists that and would tell you. And shouldn't be fully right. paid for given interest rates. Exactly. I mean, we're, we're, you can borrow money for virtually nothing and you're going to build a road or a port, improve a port or, or hopefully make an airport more seamless for the next 20 or 30 years. So I think there's a lot in here for progressives to like. But look, I agree that the, the tricky part of this is not the press conference where you unveil this. It is going to be in the, the the dotting of the I's and the crossing of the T's inside some obscure subcommittee where, you know, and, and look, I will say this. Uh, this is where Nancy Pelosi is fabulous, right? She understands the number. She understands how she gets to that number. And she's going to try as hard as hell to keep those that number of people together. And she's got very little room for error. But uh, I think Joe Biden has a, a great 
vote counter in Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, I think the Senate is going to ultimately, you know, I mean, I, I think that the, the big negotiation is going to be uh, with with Manchin. Okay, let's take a break right here for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Acts, these days, it can be hard to find time to sit down and learn more. It's not easy when you're doom scrolling on social media yeah. that can be so addictive and time consuming. Awful. And then you think to yourself, I don't have time to be better. I don't really just have that time. Well, there's an app I highly recommend, and it's called Blinkist. Yeah, I know it. Blinkist is for anyone who cares about learning and doesn't have a lot of time. Blinkist takes the key ideas and insights from over 4,000 nonfiction bestsellers in more than 27 categories and gathers them together in 15-minute text and audio explainers that help you understand more about the core ideas. Use the blinks to get into a topic quickly, find new topics to grow from, or figure out which books you want to spend more time reading or listening to more deeply. And what's more, they've teamed up with popular podcast creators to blink those for you, too, so you can get to the heart of a podcast episode fast with high-quality audio. You can jump right in on the go during your commute, at the gym, around the house, on your dog walk, or even download to listen offline. 15 million people are already using Blinkist to broaden their knowledge in 27 nonfiction categories, including acts, pay attention, self-improvement, personal growth, management, leadership, and mindfulness and happiness. Those are key. And as uh, I mentioned, the aforementioned dog walk, I do that every day. It's a perfect way to make that time even more productive. I know one that's been uh, selling quite a bit, getting quite a bit of attention lately is one I want to recommend to you. And it's called How to Make People Like You in 90 Seconds. Yeah, there's some great books to pick from. I mean, Sapien's A Brief History of Humankind all boiled down into just a few minutes. You know, as, as I've said, maybe the best one for me is to procrastinate on purpose. <laughs> well, think about it for a while and let me know. Uh, right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash hacks to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off of a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash hacks to get 25% off and a seven-day free trial. Blinkist.com slash hacks. So, Will, you know, I've said before here that Republicans are, uh, they are seasonal deficit hawks. They hibernate uh, during Republican administrations, and then they come flocking back at noon on January 20th when a Democrat takes, uh, uh, takes office. Listen to this exchange that Chris Wallace had uh, with Roy Blunt, the senator from, uh, from Missouri. Some of your colleagues in the Republican Party are complaining about this is going to explode debt. This is going to explode deficits. And I want to put up what the what the Republican record is on those during the Trump presidency, even before the pandemic, the national debt increased by more than three trillion dollars. And in 2017, every Republican in the Senate, including you, voted for the big Trump tax cuts, which cut revenue by almost one and a half trillion dollars. So I guess the question is, when, when, when I hear, for instance, Mitch McConnell talking now about, well, debt and deficits, hasn't the Republican Party, haven't you lost your credibility on this issue? 
Well, I don't think anybody has a very good record for the last decade on this. Yeah, and he went on in ways that were unrecognizable, so I didn't include it. But uh, <laughs> but it does get to the it gets to a point which is, um, can you just turn this on and off? Can you say? Can you ignore deficits for four years and then come back and say we're deeply concerned about debt? Uh, of, of course not, right? And and so so you, you, results, not rhetoric, right? And and if you're going to if you're going to say you uh, believe in a certain value, then your actions need to reflect that value. And so one of the th- this is part of the problem. If if you feel that because. The person with your jersey is in office, and that makes it okay. And then when the other person comes in, you don't. It's hollow, and uh, voters and constituents recognize that. And so I, I think those those arguments are going to fall on on deaf ears. We saw that with the coronavirus package, right? These were the same arguments that were trotted out uh, around the coronavirus package. Right. That's why they and- ended up reading Dr. Seuss. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so, so again, you, you gotta get, you, you, you have to get a better argument. And if you want to make an argument, you say, okay, is this the right thing long term, right? Like, are these things going to lead to, to better outcomes? This is maybe not the outcome that we're, what we're trying to achieve. So, so, um, this, this ideological inconsistency is something that, um, you, you, it's, it's, it's a deterrent to us long term. Um, because what do we stand for? And, and look, it's fascinating. If you go like to the late nineties, uh, a, 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 a fiscal conservative, a true deficit hawk was someone that believed in, um, you know, dealing with the budget with potentially increasing taxes. That was, that was like the, the definition of a deficit hawk in the nineties in, in, or you were a supply sider. That right. said, hey, you know, you're, you you got to cut taxes at, at at all means, right? And so the the supply siders kind of came to dominate the the fiscal conservatives right. with it, within the party. And and so what what alternative are we are we are we providing? What is our vision of what a transportation package should look like? Um, we got to provide an alternative view if you're going to compete with something um, other than you know that that you've gone against uh, for for four years. To build on that, though, I think that's a, it's a great point because I think the, the question that I have after almost whatever, how many days we are, we're getting close to the 100th day of the Biden administration is, I don't know what the theory of the case is on the other side. I, I don't really know. I mean, if you're the, the American people, they, they know they're hurting. They're desperate for for some normality in their lives. They really want a vaccine. And they want to make sure they and their friends go back to work. And, and I sort of get that from the Biden administration. I, I don't know what the narrative is on the Republican side. I, I don't I don't I don't think I don't think we're I don't think we're the angst of moving a, a, an all star game from Atlanta into a national Republican message for to, to the congressman's point. Like, what's the theory? What, how 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 do they become competitive in this this narrative? Okay, then let's take a break right here, and we'll be right back. So this is good news. If you have 30 free minutes, you never have to worry about a break-in at your home ever again. 
That's how quick and easy it is to set up a security system from Simply Safe. It's the kind of thing that is so easy to do, you can do it during a Netflix binge, watching the game, or listening to a certain podcast. X, what's great about Simply Safe is you get high quality equipment, you get great camera footage, and it is really, really simple to set up. Simply Safe is incredibly easy to customize for your home. Just go to simplysafe.com/hacks. You can easily choose the exact sensors you need or get help from one of their experts. It'll get to your house in about a week, which means by this time next week, you and your whole family can go to bed knowing your home is being guarded. It's easy to assume everyone in your house already feels safe, but they may not, and it's worthwhile to talk about. Simply Safe is a small, easy step to make sure everyone feels safe at home. Acts, you want everyone to feel safe in your home. You do. So go to simplysafe.com slash hacks today to customize your system and get a free security camera. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. That's simplysafe.com slash hacks. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash hacks. So let me just run some bio, Will, on this, because I actually think that, the you know, we'll talk about this in a second, the voting rights stuff, the moving of the all-star game, but almost everything Republicans are doing now is fitted within this culture wars framework. Everything gets fitted into cancel culture that, you know, they want to enforce their views on you and us and, uh, you know, I mean, that, it seems to me... And that, and that sells with large elements of the Republican base. It doesn't enlarge the Republican base, but it sells within the Republican base. And it's the same old thing that you dealt with when you were in that caucus, which is, um, there's a lot more concern about how things play within the base than, uh, outside of the base. Yeah. And look, I, I, I would even say, you know, uh, the, the term base, that, that 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 you're giving it too broadly. Like I, I would say that this was this was the extreme elements, right? And the extreme element may be the largest segment within a Republican primary voter, right? But the base, I think, is broader. The base would still include uh, folks that would potentially vote for a conservative in a, in a, in a general election. But but to to, to your point, Axe, what what is what is um, what is frustrating is. We're still going to take the house back. I guess, that's not frustrating, but the math, the math in 2022. Yeah. I even think with just new seats that are yeah. going to be drawn under redistricting. That, that after redistricting, the Republicans are going to take back the house. Yeah. So it's almost like no matter what happens, we're going to take back the house. However, that doesn't help put us in a position in a 2024 in a in a in a new presidential election uh trying to grow to grow the party now the senate map may be a little bit different but when it comes to the house right this is almost one of those things this is almost a, a law of physics um and and so so uh there so so why is that's one of the reasons that everybody's placating to it to the edges of the party because folks want to be set up for primaries that are going to happen at some point after we figure out what happens in redistricting. So what about the voting rights thing? 
you know, there's been a huge reaction to Georgia. Gibbs, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, Kemp and so on. Let's listen to a little of what he said after Major League Baseball re- reacted to the Georgia voting rights law by re- withdrawing the All-Star game. Yesterday, Major League Baseball caved to fear and lies from liberal activists. They ignored the facts of our new election integrity law, and they ignored the consequences of their decision on our local community. Georgians and all Americans should know what this decision means. It means cancel culture and partisan activists are coming for your business. They're coming for your game or event in your hometown. And they're coming to cancel everything from sports to how you make a living. They don't care about jobs, they don't care about our communities, and they certainly don't care about access to the ballot box. It's easier to vote in Georgia than it is in New York. Even more ridiculous is that MLB didn't cite a single reason that they disagreed with the bill in their statement. All right, so there you have it. Uh, And, you know, Mitch McConnell came in over the top yesterday. He vowed serious consequences if corporate America continues acting like a woke parallel government, he said. I mean, they are, uh, you know, that, that is their... Argument, I, I would say to Governor Kemp, no one actually has pointed out the massive fraud that has uh, occasioned all of these changes in voting law uh, either, But that, that and that's one of the fundamental problems. Right. I mean, just to be clear, that had Donald Trump succeeded, he would have canceled an entire election. I mean, just, just if we're going to, if we're going to like hand out cancel culture t-shirts to to the yeah. masses we should um look I, well, I and think- trump all, and trump by the way has called for a boycott of all these businesses in major league baseball uh, which yeah. well, has, when when know. Donald Trump gives up drinking Coca Cola is when I'll uh, I'll believe he's <laughs> serious about boycotts. No, look, I think this is being driven not just. I mean, I think there's been a lot of press around executives that have gotten involved. Uh, you know, with with and what has happened to Delta and Coke and, and other places. I, I think a lot of this is happening because employees inside of these companies are are not um, comfortable with the role their company is or isn't playing in this debate. And in, 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 and look, we're, we, we, we can have a robust discussion as we did in the beginning of this of, of what's going to be in an infrastructure bill, because we know this can pass through reconciliation, but there's an, you know, somewhere between a zero and 5% chance that anything's going to happen at a federal level on voting rights in the next year and a half. Right. I know that there's people that wish they could, you know, do the double secret probation for once on the filibuster or around voting rights. And there's going to be pressure to make that play to carve out voting rights as a yeah, and as I, you I, judges in the Senate to uh, na- navigate around the filibuster. Yeah. And we'll see if that works. I, I you know, I again, I, I don't I don't uh, I don't think Joe Manchin's been very um Pollyannish about where he thinks he is on changing the filibuster. And and I don't think that's going to move a whole lot, but I think, so I think companies are having to get involved because quite frankly, you know, the federal government isn't. Um, And, and I think this is probably just going to continue. Uh, And and I don't think major league baseball, I think they made the right decision. I don't think they had a ton of choice. I don't, I don't think they were, 
I mean, the NBA did this a few years ago after what happened in North Carolina, and, and I think MLB, you know, uh, had, it's had to, to have do a day this. where everybody wears Jackie Robinson's number, and then you turn your back on this. But will uh, what Texas hasn't passed these laws yet? So what happens down there? Look, I, I, I think that the train has, has left the station on this. And, and, and again, this goes back to my earlier point. Be based on your values, right? And, 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 you know, we're supposed to, if the Republican Party is about local control, then uh, let there be local control. Don't criticize a, a, a county if they want to extend uh, the, the hours that a polling location is. If people want to vote outside, who cares? Let them vote outside, right? And, and so, so to me, this, this, isn't, this shouldn't be hard. We should be able to validate who an individual is so that they can vote, right? This isn't, this isn't rocket science. But we should also be increasing the opportunities for people to vote. Let more people vote. Let people vote 24-7 if, if that's allowed. And, and what are you afraid of? And if you're afraid, right, if, if, if you engage with people prior to election, you don't have to worry about trying to keep them from coming to vote on election day. And, and so, so to me, it's, it's, this, is, this is anathema to the, the principles, the historical principles of, of the Republican Party. Oh, and by the way, guess what? A business gets to have an opinion. A business gets to criticize the government if they want to, right? That's one of the hallmarks of our society. And so don't be so thin-skinned when somebody criticizes you for, for doing something because it's within their right to be able to be able to do that. And you can hear it in Kemp. You know, they, they want to fit it into this cancel culture argument. And, you know, businesses are being uh, bullied by, uh, by, by, by the left and so on. But look at the bottom line. At the bottom line, Will, uh, is forty-three states. Republicans in forty-three states have introduced largely the same package of bills, uh, and they they would not be doing that if Donald Trump had won the election. Sixty uh, percent of Republicans, as of a poll yesterday, still say the election was riven with fraud and 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 tr Biden was did not win legitimately, which is not borne out by any facts. Um, and so, you know, you've got all of this activity aimed at reducing participation uh, that is propagated, you know, or that is based on just a freaking lie. Yeah. And, and look, and look Ax, I, I would, I would, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Uh, but, in Texas, there was a poll there in Texas, Gibbs there was a poll. Me. Yeah, that said, it was something crazy, like 85% of Republicans thought the election was fine. I even think it was close to 90, right? So, so, so the, and it's something like 85% of Republicans believe in increasing the opportunities to vote, right? And, and so there is a disconnect. Even here in Texas, based on some of the data that I've seen, uh, about. Sounds like a poll of the, the herd household. <laughs> no, look, I, I, I don't ever when I when I when I look through people are like, hey, people think you should have an ID to vote and they think you should be able to have as many opportunities to vote as possible. I, I think that's where that's where most that's where most folks are. And and so this this notion of, of trying to um, uh, create this is brought problem. the Republican Party. If we want to win national elections. We're going to have to accept 
that 2020 election was not stolen. It was lost. Donald Trump lost the election. He was the anchor around the necks of so many other folks, right? He, uh, uh, so many Republicans had to outperform him, right? The, the election was lost. Two, we got to stop it being susceptible to conspiracy theories. And one of the conspiracy theories is that the 2020 election was stolen, right? And so until we're able to, to do those things, we're going to continue to lose national elections. We've lost seven out of eight last uh, 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 popular, um, vote, yeah. popular votes, right? And, and so, so while this may, these efforts may be an effort to, to appeal to edges, because you focus on primary election. If you want to see real change in this country, and if you want to grow the Republican Party, then guess what? We have to make sure that we're increasing our brand in these in, in, in communities of color, folks under the age of 30, and with women with a college degree in the suburbs. Guess what? All these things piss those groups off. And, and so this, this trend, it's, it's, I, I, it, and also it's, it's, it's not aligned with our values. And, and so again, what, what problem is this, some of these things solving? Um, if you believe in local control, let, let different locations be involved in making some of these decisions. And, 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 and guess what? Let people, people can disagree. And if they don't want to go to your thing, then they don't go to your thing. You got a lot of work to do, my friend, because I don't think your view is the prevailing view among you know, the Republican muckety mucks right now. No, but, but what is interesting though, to what the Congressman just said, I mean, the, probably one of the things that you know, we all focus a little in Georgia on the, the passing out of water and food in, you know, in, in, in the line, which is stupid and egregious. And although is it is spiteful. 150 feet, I, I, you know, yeah. I think it is egregious, but it, it also is a little less egregious than the popular, view of it is well i mean i think i think what it means it, it says more than its impact is it, it, right. it gives you a sense of what they're yeah, trying to absolutely. do but, but to, to the congressman's point i mean the most egregious thing in the bill maybe and should be for republicans is local control of their elections has now been removed and put into uh, the hands of the state legislature and i don't yeah. mean just the bill i mean counties basically need now the state's approval to make changes yeah. to an election. And and again, it just it's this notion of the Republican Party in in its sort of traditional historical views of of either the party of Lincoln or of local control is just very very different in its manifestation today. It gives when when, when in before the 2016 election, right? Um I was the I was the chairman of a subcommittee and we held the first uh uh um hearing on Russian involvement in our elections, right? And this was even before the election was over. And one of the things that happened uh, prior to the election is uh, Jay Johnson, he was Secretary of Homeland Security at the time, said that they were going to make election infrastructure a a um, critical infrastructure, meaning there was going to be DHS funds available to the states in order to, to help defend and, and, and update it. Everybody freaks out. The National Association of Secretaries of States come in. They're like, you know, this is nationalizing elections. It wasn't going to nationalize elections. DHS wasn't taking over conducting the election. They were saying federal dollars are going to be able to help you defend and harden your infrastructure to do this, right? So everybody was worked up and saying local control, this is a local control issue. And then now, 
Four years later, the same people that were having those, 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 those conversations are, are taking the exact opposite position. This, this lack of ideological consistency is, 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 is one of the bigger problems. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not, let, let's just be blunt about it. It's not about ideological consistency. It's about trying to hang on to power. I mean, they think it's going to advantage them in the next election. I think it's a question as to whether that's true, uh, because a lot of people are going to be very pissed off about this. And this could be the rallying cry that actually gets people out uh, to vote. I, I think generally, historically, when you when you seek to take something as sacred as this away, you you, you tend to give people a pretty good reason to exercise that right. And I, I, I don't think you need to be a highly creative person to figure out what a decent part of the stump speech is going to be for lots of Democrats and particularly ones running in Georgia. There's, there's, there's no doubt about it. And I would say this too, um, Axe, you know, uh, uh, the, the all-star game, one of the, one of the people they were going to honor was, uh, the late great Hank Aaron, Hank Aaron, uh, uh, a famous uh, people don't know this. He's a famous Alabamian, born not far from where John Lewis was uh, in in South Alabama. And I think um, I think uh, Governor Kemp may not, but I think I'm pretty sure Hank Aaron would have most assuredly approved of Major League Baseball's decision. Hank Aaron, John Lewis, and Robert Gibbs three. The three most prominent Alabamians. Uh, we should we should note that here. Okay, let's take a break right here for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Hey, Axe, growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. Well, I've been trying to cut down on carb, sugar, unhealthy food, and I, I realized basically... I can't eat anything like that anymore. The great news is I've finally found a delicious way to get my protein before and after workouts. And how is that? Well, we're all trying to eat better, but healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring because we now have Magic Spoon. And Magic Spoon has amazing flavors you love, but without all that bad stuff. No, I know. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And, and listen to this, Gibbs, we've got exciting news. Magic Spoon is relaunching the blueberry flavor, which I know is one of your favorite flavors. And it's now back in stock after being sold out. And I love this part. You can build your own box. Available flavors to build your own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, which I love, and cinnamon. Here's the good news. If you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon now ships north of the border as well. Axe, let me tell you, count me in to mixing a little cocoa with some peanut butter and making it a little peanut butter cup for breakfast. It tastes just like that regular cereal from your childhood, but it's super nutritious. It's super healthy. And most of all, you'll get a little joy in the morning or in the afternoon if that's when you eat it. So go to magicspoon.com slash hacks to grab some blueberry or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use our promo code hacks at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. 
Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash hacks and use the code hacks to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Yum. Hey, uh, Will, did you see the excerpt of John Boehner's book? Oh, I, I, I haven't yet. It come out tomorrow, I think. Oh, maybe it is this week. It could is be it this 13th? week. Yeah. No, you're right. I think it's the 13th. Uh, but uh, there was an excerpt here. I just want to read just a little bit of it to you. And he, he was talking about the, the incoming class in 2011 <laughs> and going to speak with the 87 new members. Uh, he said, some of them, well, you could tell they weren't paying attention because they were just thinking of how to fundraise off of outrage or how, to, how they could get on Hannity that night. Ronald Reagan used to say something to the effect that if I get to 80 to 90 percent of what I want, that's a win. These guys wanted 100 percent every time. In fact, I don't think that would satisfy them because they didn't really want legislative victories. They wanted wedge issues and conspiracies and crusades. I mean, that sounds pretty accurate. Look, I, I think so many people want to want to play to the extreme edges because um, that gets more clicks, that gets more $23 donations, that that gets more people um, excited. Right. And and look, I, I, I've always said that Twitter and cable news is actually not a reflection of a majority of, of, of society. And unfortunately, I think this is what our politics has gotten to. And when you look at what's happening with voter rights in Georgia, I would like to see, you know, Stacey Abrams's email list. I bet you it doubled almost um, overnight. And, 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 and her ability to, to who I think she, she played an, an, a major role in the Senate uh, victories yes. in, um, in uh, most recently and, and the ability to change tactics so quickly after the, the 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 special to the to the runoff elections. Um, this is this is this is ultimately, I think, going to backfire. Um, and and if you are trying, look, if you want to cling on to power, have better ideas, right? Have have better ideas. That's that's a that's a lot. It, it's easier to do. It's going to be more powerful, and we, we have actual opportunities. And so, so it, it's, 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 um, you know, that's, that would be what I'd be advocating. You sound so relaxed since you left Congress for the Academy, I must say. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but, uh, Hey, you know, well, you're going to have to run and I, I don't want to lose you before mm-hmm. we have a chance to uh, hear from some of our faithful listeners. Sure. It's listener mailbag. There you go. That's the. The music, the, the, the theme, if you have letters for us, I guess what used to be called letters, if you have emails for us, send them to hacksontap at gmail.com. So Will Hurd, Mady uh, writes, I think I pronounce it, could be Maddie. Maddie writes, Matt, it's probably Maddie. Sorry, Maddie. Republican men are the most resistant to getting vaccinated according to various news sources and polling for that matter. What could be done to change this hesitancy? Is there something specifically that President Biden can do? And let me just add a clause to this. Or is it better if others do it and not President Biden with this particular group of, of Americans? Well, well, Maddie, thanks for the for the question. And look, I, I, I think, um, you know, I don't think 
President Biden uh, can do anything more than just continue to get vaccines distributed across the states, right, uh, to have the opportunity for people to get the jabs. Uh, but, but ultimately, I think more folks that talk about getting the vaccine, that share that they're getting it on, on social media, uh, I, I hope that some of the, um, the, the folks that Republican men pay attention to on television and podcasters and, and Hawk Radio uh, would get the vaccine and, and, and share it with folks because this is a way to share to, to, to save people's lives. Um, and this is a way for us to get back to normal, whatever that means. And guess what? Continue washing your hands, wear your mask, and socially distance when you, when you can. But here's where, you know, just getting back, Will, to what we were talking about before, the, the level of misinformation. And you're an old, we should point out, you're an old CIA agent. Mm-hmm. And that's so your interest in what the Russians were doing comes naturally. And we've read that, they, you know, they're in there trying to spread disinformation about all of this. I mean, how do we break that fever? We haven't found a, a vaccination for misinformation. You know, there are a lot of smart people who have been taken in by this. But I saw a guy in the park the other day who said, I'm not going to get this vaccine and I'm not going to wear a mask. You know, no one's going to tell me what to do. It's become a cultural issue. And it's a lot of it is because of disinformation and social media. Look, X, it's, it's, it's scary, the disinformation, misinformation, and downright lies that are going out there and around this particular issue. It's being self-perpetuated in these, these echo chambers. Um, when I was in the CIA, you know, I, I was focused on uh, countering violent extremism, uh, Islamic extremism specifically, and we knew what the terrorists were trying to do and how they were trying to influence people. They were influencing pe- young men, usually in their teens, that were disaffected with their families or their society. We knew who they were targeting and we knew the messages that we were using and so you can do some counter messaging. Now the, the payloads that are being delivered and resonating with people and, 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 it's, and it's impacting all, all society. And, and so it's scary. And guess what? The Russians, the Chinese, the, the Iranians, they're enjoying this. The Russians are threatening Ukraine right now. And guess what? When we're caught up, in fighting about whether we should get a vaccine or wear a mask, that means it's less focus and attention on what's happening in other parts of the world. Uh, the fact that the Chinese have basically killed democracy in, in, in Hong Kong um, and is using this as an example of how they're going to eventually go into Taiwan, um, it, it's easier for them to do those things because we're consumed by these these other issues so this is this is about saving lives first and foremost right and if and if you don't care care about what do you think about your family or your parents i had an uncle that died from 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 coronavirus Uh, my parents are elderly and then they're in the 80s and their 70s and and so making sure you go out and get this it's safe it works it's going to save lives and guess what if you're ready to get back to normal get the freaking vaccine yeah Amen. Although the third 40,000 went to see the Rangers play last night. So people in, uh, people in your parts are re- ready to declare that we're getting back to normal uh, under any circumstance. Uh, Robert, you got one for me? I don't know why, David, you always, you always want questions from David. So I'm going to ask you, David wrote, wrote us and said, I understand. Sounds like a bright guy. Yeah. I understand President Biden has been known to make gaffes, but everything is so scripted and nothing feels real. I just think if they, quote, let Joe be Joe, end quote, every now and then, the American people could really fall in love with their president, not simply approve of the job he is doing. Thoughts? This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. 
I mean, this is gigantic <laughs> what they're trying to do. I still don't know what that means. Okay. So I think Joe is being Joe. Um, you know, he, I thought he also commanded that press conference really well. I think one of the reasons that Biden actually has succeeded now and in, in where he failed in the past is I think he's, he's very comfortable with himself and he's, and he's showing that and he, and you have to be that in order to get elected president and be president. Yeah, he was never a precision instrument. I've said that before. Uh, but, uh, there is a basic, kind of decency that he communicates and connection that he communicates. Uh, and if he makes the uh, occasional gaffe, so be it. I think they've managed him very well, Robert. You know this better than anyone as a former White House press secretary. I think they've managed Biden's interactions with the media and his public uh, his public statements really well. And uh, I, he's been a very effective communicator. No, smartly so. And, and you know, I think... He certainly benefits, too, from coming after a ubiquitous president. And I think the idea— That means of a president is everywhere, right? Yes. <laughs> why, why do you not think that our listeners understand ubiquity? Um, uh, they're, they're a perspicacious bunch, but you still have to be careful. You know? Well, the, the, um, the, the thing I—and now you got me all flummoxed. I, you know, I hopefully did. <laughs> Confused? How about that? Um, the, <laughs> no, but I think I, I think just the idea that you know, I mean, we were surrounded by ten Donald Trump tweets a day, right? Yeah. Plus the media interactions, plus everything right, else. Yeah. In reality, we don't want that. We don't need that. Yeah. And, and I think that. In some ways, the media tripped all over themselves. You know, he's got to have a formal press conference. He's got to have a formal press conference. And then what's the biggest thing that came out of the formal press conference? This just in, less than 100 days in, Joe Biden would like to, he's going to run for re-election yeah. in 2024 with Kamala Harris. Seriously? that That's what we took away from? You 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 desired to have that great interaction? So we, we, we figured out- There is a big effort on the Republican side, you know, a Fox-driven thing social media driven thing that he's at the adult dupe of the left he 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 i think has fared very well honestly yeah. uh yeah. and that is a meme that travels in as other memes have traveled we know that yeah i think you're trying to you know trying to make that seem not as crazy as it was it was a, it wasn't a it, it, that's not the type of question we oh, should no, have oh no no i'm not defending the, the question all i'm saying yeah. is i think biden has handled yeah. himself Pretty damn well uh, so far, and I think as you said, they 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 put him in spots where he can excel. Yeah. Right, it's a little which bit like, like an athlete. athlete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is your analogy, which is you know, yeah, I, you, know you, I wanted you, to steal it back. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> you go ahead then. No, no, go ahead. No, I mean, but this is this is yours, which is you know you you give you, you set that athlete up to be successful. Give him his his or her shot. Put them on the right place. To on the, whether on it's, the field, yeah, on the court, yeah, yeah. You know, or and to be successful, and that's what they've done. And I do think, you know, it was said earlier in the broadcast, people are. This is not performance art, right? This is they just want to know the outcome, and the American people are looking for how are their lives better, how are they more normal. They're not worried about the performative art of all this in a way that they may have at a different time period. So uh, Gibbs Nadine. Uh, says, given the problems with the accuracy of polling, how much can we trust the polling on Biden's infrastructure plan? Do people respond differently to polls that aren't election related? Yeah, it's a great question. I do think they do respond mm -hmm. differently, particularly Trump-related polls. And, and that's not to blame bad polling on Trump. Um, it, it's just, I, I think his inclusion in that 
is um, ha- has some tendency to 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 skew results for people that may not want to say they're for him uh, or, or things like that. I think, look, we start with the idea infrastructure, as we talked about in the very beginning, is broadly popular. Uh, it, it, it's broadly popular with both parties. Um, and so I think you can trust issue polling. And, and look, if issue polling is off, it's probably off by a point in either direction. It's not going to be um, it's not going to be something that is that is wildly off. And, and look, my 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 larger admonition on polling is um, many times you get what you pay for. There's a reason why a, a really good professional pollster is 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 really expensive because they're really hard to do and they're hard to do yeah, well and, yeah. and they're expensive to do well. And, and Oh, by the way, they, they mostly have done this off of, uh, of land phone lines. And if you yeah. haven't noticed, there's a whole lot fewer of those. So yeah. I do think the polling is different. I do think you can see that this is a very popular proposal. Um, you know, and I, you know, I think, I, I think you're going to see this with a lot of issues that are actually popular with the American people and then get, then they try to get fitted into a 50-50 Congress. Make no mistake, and, and, and not every issue because it does or doesn't go through Congress is a 50-50 issue. Yeah. The Senate's 50-50, but things like the minimum wage yeah. or these other issues, they're not 50-50. I got I to gotta, uh, let Will go because I know that he has, uh, he has other hills to conquer today. But thanks so much for being here, and I hope you come back, and I'll talk to you soon. For sure. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, let's hit the last call, Gong. I just need to get something off my chest. Uh-oh. Last call. You got something just gnawing at you? Well, last week I was going to – I ended. We actually cut it because the news broke about this investigation about Matt Gates because – and I commented that he was he was talking – the story before the story broke about his uh, – you know, his – activities relative to underage women, alleged activities, underage women, and all kinds of stuff. Um, he was talking to Newsmax about leaving Congress to become a, uh, a you know, the next Sean Hannity, uh, and I was encouraging him to go. Uh, but uh, because he's, you know, I, I have in the image in my head of that guy standing on the House floor with a gas mask on to ridicule the wearing of masks. 550,000 people are dead, more than that, Americans. Uh, and you have, you know, uh, jackasses like this out there mocking, you know, simple safety uh, precautions. You know, the spoiled um, uh, son of a political boss down in Florida who's had everything handed to him. Uh, so, um, you know, the... the look, We'll see where the process works, but wherever wherever Gates ends up, I hope it's not in Congress uh, because he is a maligned force there and for the country. I was struck, Axe, to your point when when those stories on Newsmax broke. You know, almost every one of them contained some line or lines about he really wasn't that serious or that interested in being in Congress, and uh, you know, it's sort of <laughs> well, it goes to Boehner's point. Right. You know, that people go to Congress now to become TV stars. Uh, You know, uh, Marjorie uh, uh, Taylor Greene 
uh, said when she got bounced off the committee, it's great, more time for fundraising and provo- pro- provocation. Uh, you know, so, and she's, you know, in the Gates tradition, yeah. hopefully not in every way. But, yeah, well, uh, it, it's, yeah. uh, my, I think my mother would have conjured up the theory of, uh, somehow Florida had elected Eddie Haskell to the, uh, to the U S Congress. And that sort of seems yeah. a little bit like, uh, what we're getting. Well, we'll find out. He may end up behind the gates as you, as a matter of fact, but anyway, all right, brother. Good to see you. Talk to you soon. As always. Good to talk to you too.